From the famous corporate studio in Boulder, Colorado, it's The Price is White. Corporate executive number one, come on down. Feminist white lady, come on down. And here's our host, Devin Dabney. Welcome everyone to The Price is White, where society's most privileged people speculate on the least privileged people's perspective. I'm joined today by two special guests, Kevin with a Y, who's a climbing gym owner, a registered Republican, and his favorite food, get this, supply-side economics. Give it up for Kevin. And for our second guest, we have Karen with a W, who's a social media manager at a different climbing gym. Karen is a self-proclaimed feminist, loves Starbucks and rap music, in that order, and she wanted me to mention that she voted for Obama both times. Give it up for Karen, everyone. Now, today our theme is minorities and climbing gyms. Yep, indeed, it is a tricky one. Kevin, you're the white man, so you get to go first. First question, how can we get more black people to climb? You have 15 seconds. Huh. I actually own a climbing gym, so I know the answer to this. First, you lower the prices super low so poor people can afford it. And if we really want to get fancy, one night a week, we'll have all the TVs in the gym playing Soul Train. Our goal is to make sure the N-word is said as much as possible in the music. Ah, Kevin, I am sorry. That is not correct. Gosh darn it. Karen, you know what that means. Since he failed to answer correctly, you get a chance to answer. But since you are a woman, you get 70% of the points he would have gotten. You have 15 seconds. Well, I do think he was right about lowering the prices, but I think we also need to majorly overpromise on things we can't deliver in a climbing gym, like creating a safe space and solving all of racism with our business. Oh, and we need a lot of marketing pictures and photo releases. You know, I really want you to be right, but that doesn't seem to quite do it. Thankfully, since both of you are white, getting the wrong answer has no consequences. I know, I know. But since we asked the question, let's take a look at what our viewers at home had to say when we asked them the same question. Maybe they have some answers for us about what we can do to get more black people into climbing. Tim? that it takes to do this sport. And if it's something that you're not even sure if you're even gonna enjoy, like it's really hard to even justify like getting into the door. It's more than just saying, oh, if these black people come, it's gonna just be a $10 day pass. It's no, you need to reach out to the communities and form a bond with them. We have gone and it just feels like no one is interested in making a community. I started working at the gym because I couldn't afford the membership. I know friends who had to cancel memberships when the prices went up. What is the validity in that? Why would you want to do that? They'll spend money on like teams and 
coaches and things like that instead of like community involvement and social justice and actual equity and representation because they know where they make money. Like what if you were asked to support marginalized groups by having lower prices? What would that do to your bottom line? Just as a thought experiment, what would a free pass do to the gym? You have one more person climbing holds. Literally, what would that do? Maybe they flush the toilet. And I'm sure that like, if you lower the day pass to a point where more people can do it, then you're probably gonna make that same amount of money, if not more, because there's more accessibility. I like the idea of like having people pay for punch passes like out of their memberships or something. It doesn't have to be necessarily just people of color, there's poor white people too. If you almost need community times, this block of time, like whatever day, whatever amount of hours, if you live in the surrounding area, then you know, half off. Okay, yeah, so we did this thing, but the folks that come to our gym are still shit. You need to make this space so uncomfortable for people that have these raggedy ideas. Yeah, because how can you get people of color to work in your climbing gym if you can't even get people of color to come into your climbing gym to try it? Don't take me as a person who has a business degree, but in this capitalist society, all I see is attempt at profit and like not caring about people. It's always profit over people. All right, Karen, this next question is for you. How do you think climbing gyms should respond to social issues? You have 15 seconds. Um, well, I uh, think the that... answer is to keep politics out of climbing. Keep it out of climbing. It's a uh, it's not your turn, sir. Also, that's wrong. Oh, cheese and crackers. Karen, please. Well, the first thing I would do is change the gym logo. This is why after 2020, our logo is officially now half rainbow and half black square. And a white border, so everyone's included. The second thing I would do is, um, is, uh, DM all the black people I know and ask them for free advice? Yeah, uh, that is, uh, not correct. Kevin, since you already gave your answer, we're gonna go ahead and see what the audience has to say about this one. Unless you'd like to give a different answer? Well, I think you should keep politics out of climbing, but, you know, what do I know? Okay, in that case, let's move on to our audience responses. Tim? I just think that there's no way that you could be a company that makes money and not have a stance on race and racism. I don't think anyone would say like, well, this company didn't post this, so they must inherently be racist. Does this company have a social media presence? Yes, then yes, they absolutely need to be vocal. Actually, to me, it's more of a risk from the company. Say a large company were to go out and say like, hey, we're not racist, we're not gonna condone that behavior. And then they find out a senior level manager comes out with all these remarks and now they put their foot in their mouth. If they want to capitalize on people on social media, if they want to target their token diversity population to make their money, they absolutely need to be vocal and supporting. I wish people thought about diversity from that like corporate America perspective of like, oh, I could actually make more money if I did this the right way. So no, I just think it's super crazy that people are like, you're making money off of this. And I'm like, he's not. The truth is there's a lot of performative racism out there. There's a lot of performative actions and posts and things like that. On the flip side, if we actually did it correctly, we would be able to share stories. We would be able to share information. It literally says, like, with leagues of research to show, to back it up, that social entrepreneurship is good for businesses. 
people want to support that kind of business. Like if you take care of not only your employees, but your communities, your communities see that and they want to give back. Because it also lets people know, hey, if I'm signing up for this company, this is somewhere I should feel safe and expect a diverse workforce. I'm not spending a penny if you can't advocate for me. Sorry. <laughs> Shepherd White Climbers community involves more than just you yeah i mean it's a good it's a really good question like what how much is equity worth as a company karen since kevin jumped the gun on the previous answer we're going to go ahead and give you this next question how much do black people usually get paid for dei work in rock climbing you have 15 seconds wait a minute they're supposed to get paid Karen, that's obviously a trick question. The answer is too much, no matter what it is. If you're a minority, it's your job to educate everyone around you, including your bosses, people like me. What else am I supposed to do? Look it up myself? Use Google? Do therapy? I don't know. I, I kind of agree with Kevin on this one. How am I supposed to know what to do if it's not spoon-fed to me? Well, obviously, because there is no right answer. The real right answer is to not get involved, to appease the majority. You make your money, you build another gym, rinse and repeat. Problem solved. Okay, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though. We'll be right back with more The Price is White after these messages. The Price is White is brought to you by Febreze, now in a new DEI scent. We asked real black people if they'd help us with an experiment for Febreze, and they reluctantly agreed. We blindfolded them and brought them into their local climbing gym that was just sprayed down with DEI Febreze to see how they'd react. All right, just relax, take some deep breaths, and what do you smell? Uh, institutional racism. Uh, and it also smells like somebody sprayed some DEI Febreze to try to cover it all up. What's that smell like? Oh, the, the Febreze? Yeah. Um, equity? A little bit of progress? Uh, I definitely smell microaggressions, and I think I get a hint of white women wearing boxer braids. A lot of LaCroix. Uh, oh, and there's some Febreze, faintly. What, is, what does that smell like? Smells welcoming, you know, definitely friendly on the outside at least. You heard it here first. They feel welcomed, which means we did it right. And now, new and improved DEI mission statement for Breeze. Smells so good, you can remain ignorant. Guaranteed. start a multi-million dollar business that pays its staff minimum wage and greenwashes its capitalism with the idea of community as it builds upon the ashes of other communities? That's how it feels to drive the new Ford F-150. All right, welcome back to The Price is White, everyone. Let's get back to the final question. Karen with the W, this one is for you again. What can we do as a climbing community to address racism? You have 15 seconds. I mean, honestly, now I don't think there's anything I can do. I mean, I already tried once, and I'm just a white person. I think it's something black people have to do. 
So, to rephrase, you think it's the job of the oppressed to get themselves out of oppression? Well, there's no oppression to begin with. We had a black president for crying out loud. I mean, why are we even talking about this and climbing? I mean, you don't see me complaining about there not being enough white people in basketball. Well, obviously, that's because black people are just naturally better at basketball. <laughs> they have that quick twitch muscle. Well... Actually, it's because it's a marquee sport. It's far more widespread and much easier to just pick up. All you need is a ball, after all, whereas other sports like climbing require a lot more to get started. That's, uh, correct, actually. Good job. Thank you. I just don't see why that's my problem to address okay, in the context of my business. Okay, we're gonna move business. on from this, because today, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special surprise for you all. Let's be honest, we here on The Price is White have been trying to solve racism for two whole years now, and sadly, we haven't gotten any closer. However, I think I have something that may help us figure out what exactly the price to entry is for rock climbing. It's a new podcast I found called The American Climbing Project. Ooh, fancy. Um, sounds patriotic. And it seems to be trying to start conversations about things like the very problems we're trying to address here. Oh, oh and we're in luck, folks. It looks like they have a new episode that just came out. Terry, can we get that on the screen, please? People put anti-racism work on a pedestal and they feel like, oh, well, I can't do it because only really smart people or only black people can do it. And it's like, no, anybody can do it. The best thing to do is something you can do. You know, you're not going to be able to fix these worldwide problems. But if you take the little steps that you can, ultimately, you might be inspiring the person who figures out how to do it better, do it bigger. So like having people that are like, OK, it's not just a moment like this is a movement. This is a lifestyle. You know what also feels really good? Taking accountability for your actions. I would love for larger organizations to be at the point of apology that they don't even know how to move forward. But that means that they've acknowledged they've done wrong and that they can do better. None of this like hiring black people, giving money and all the social media is going to mean anything until climbing it reckons with what it is. I want them to feel like they have been in the wrong and I want them to acknowledge it. But until there's acknowledgement, until there's something like that, I'm, I'm not really sure where we're going to get. If you start seeing companies go like, this is how we contributed to making climbing this white. This is what we could have done better. This is what we will do better. You you want to piss people off real quick, Devin? I'm going to piss some people <laughs> off no matter what I do with this. Here it comes from the infamous studio in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's the American Climbing Project. What up, y'all? It's your boy, Devin Dabney, and you have just completed episode eight of the American Climbing Project. This episode was hosted by me. I also made most of the music, but I did cheat a couple of times. But as you probably heard, there was a lot of music, so needed to cheat a little bit there. This episode was written by Rob Moore alongside me and produced by Rob Moore as well. And like 
all of our episodes, this was supported by the wonderful people at Gnarly Nutrition. They are just the best, and I couldn't be happier with having their support through this whole season. The American Climbing Project is a part of the Plug Tone Audio Collective. We're a collective of podcasters that are doing awesome things in the outdoor industry. We actually just launched our Plug Tone Audio channel where you can listen to episodes from different podcasts and new episodes that we're creating right now. So make sure to check that out. It's really awesome. If you want more of the American Climbing Project, you can check us out at AmericanClimbingProject.com. That's where we keep our blog. It also is where you can find all of the ways that you can support us, including our Patreon, which has blown up recently, which has definitely made me happy and honestly, some of the inspiration for making this episode. So thank you all for supporting us. Please, please share with your friends. The more support we have, the more we can make awesome stuff for you guys. You can also do one-time donations on our website if you'd rather not have that recurring transaction. But I do want to say that if you do subscribe to the Patreon, you can cancel at any moment, no questions asked. If you have some ideas for us or things that you want to do for the next season, please reach out. We are almost done with this season and we're going to go into kind of a bat cave hiatus for a little bit to work on season two. So now is the perfect time to reach out to us. One last thing, it's a little bit of a request from me. Please continue to share this podcast with your fellow friends and climbers. You know, the way social media is and the way people find things, it's really hard for us to break out of our echo chamber, especially because we're talking about race, you know, not everyone's favorite topic. And don't get me wrong, I love sharing this stuff with you all. I love how much you support it. It really keeps me going. But we really need people who maybe aren't super psyched on this content to hear it so that we can keep the conversation going and keep this an effective tool for growing the community. So please keep sharing it with people. Thanks again for sharing it as much as you have. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll catch you next time on the next track. Peace.